and welcome back to Dr. Me First. It's your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, Ian Sass, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And it's summertime. So you know what that means. Time to get your butt outside, which is what I'm doing. So you'll notice these episodes are going to be a little different for the summer showcase. I did it last year, and I'm so glad to be spotlighting other podcasters who are doing amazing things here on Dr. Me First. So yeah, it's not my voice, but I think some pretty important voices that I want you to listen into. So while you're getting your toes in the sand and your little bikini on, because everybody is a bikini body, plug in, Dr. Me First, listen to these summer showcase highlights, and I hope that you enjoy it and you're taking a rest for yourself too. With that, my friend, get into this episode and remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Hello, and welcome to Right Brain Rounds with Dr. Karina Muller. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and as always, thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Right Brain Rounds. Today, I have Dr. Francine Gayor with us. Um, She is the founder of the Physician Coaching Institute, the actual um, coaching school that I graduated from, and she is one of my greatest mentors. And she is also a board-certified internal medicine specialist and has an MBA. And so today I wanted to welcome Dr. Gayor and talk with her a little bit about her journey um, when she became a physician, how she became a physician coach, and how she founded the um, Physician Coaching Institute. So welcome, Dr. Francine. Well, thanks, Karina, for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to be on one of your early Right Brain Rounds podcasts, and please call me Francine. (laughs) (laughs) So um, tell me a little bit about um, your journey in medicine and how you decided to go into internal medicine and what brought you into physician coaching? Well, um, you know, <laughs> I've never, I never had a real straightforward journey. Mm-hmm. I was never one of these uh, young people who always knew they wanted to be a physician. It never occurred to me until my last year in college to apply to medical school. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I feel like my whole life has been kind of an interesting series of, um, I call it the invisible hand of God guiding me here and there. <laughs> and I've learned to accept a certain amount of uh, kind of organic, organic uh, flow of my career. So I, I actually was an engineering major in uh, college, and then went to medical school. <laughs> and then for medical school, of course, went to residency. And I practiced for about, um, about 10 years before I decided that I wanted to do something else. You know, most people would say, well, that was my burnout time, you know, and I, we can talk about, you know, that I'm not real fond of the word burnout. (laughs) We know that. It was a, it was a situation where I I felt like I wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. 
And so, uh, so after clinical practice for 10 years, full-time, then I joined a software company as their medical director. This was a software company developing the early phases of the electronic medical record. Uh, and so I did that, you know, worked in the healthcare technology field for about, oh gosh, eight years. That got me interested in healthcare transformation, culture transformation. It got me interested in uh, leadership because I had a leadership role in this company. I was a, a, a vice president, senior vice president. Um, and that kind of in some strange way actually then led me to, to coaching because after I uh, was in the healthcare technology field, I started my own consulting company. And uh, I was approached by other physicians who had known other people that I had spoken to, and they would call me and they said, Dr. So-and-so suggested I give you a call. <laughs> and um, uh, after, I remember spending my vacation, uh, one time I told my husband that I, I'd spent like two or three hours on the phone with three different physicians during my vacation. And I told my husband, I sure wish I could get paid for this because I didn't even know coaching was a thing. I'd never heard of coaching. And he's the one who suggested that I speak with a, a woman that he knew who actually was a coach. And when she described in, in one line what coaching was, I thought, oh my God, that is exactly what I have, what I'm all about and what I have evolved to be. And her definition of coaching, which I've shared with you and with other people in the our, our coaching cohorts, um, her definition of coaching was it's deepening the understanding, furthering the action. So deepening the Amazing. understanding, furthering the action. And I thought, oh, that is exactly what I want to facilitate, what I want to be about. That's, the, that's kind of, I want to be a force in that. And, and that kind of got me thinking about coaching as uh, either a, a, an additional service to offer besides my, my consulting, because I was consulting the area of healthcare technology, culture change, physician leadership. And um, it just so happened that like <laughs> that, that very week, a new coaching cohort was starting at one of the coaching schools. And this was way back in 2001, I think. So this ancient history when it comes to coaching, right? There was only, I think, three coaches. You're one of the founders. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely a trailblazer. Yeah, so it just so happened that uh, one of the coaching cohorts was just starting that week. And I signed up for the first, you know, the first fundamentals. And I thought, oh, my God, this is this is where the invisible hand has led me to, to, to be right here. That is excellent. I see so many people right now. Um, it's May of 2020 and we're in the middle of a pandemic, of course, um, who contact coaches and say, wow, you know, I'm interested in career transition. I, I don't think I want to be in clinical practice anymore. You know, for whatever reason, um, you know, people are getting furloughed. They are, you know, becoming disenchanted with their current position or feeling unsupported by their administrations, you know, things like that. And so a lot of people, I think the concept that they have in their head about coaching is that it's to help with a career transition out of medicine. And mm -hmm. I I've, have found that I've been doing a lot of coaching on what coaching is and what it may not be. And so, um, you know, I love the way that you described, um, 
your philosophy on coaching? I mean, what, what do you usually tell people when they come to you for the first time and say, Hey, I'm interested in, in having you as a physician coach. Um, you know, in the early days of my coach career, which was, you know, way back when, um, I used to get a lot of physicians, I would say the bulk of the physicians, would come for coaching and they would say something like exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just full up with whatever's going on and I want to leave clinical practice. And the the way I interpreted that is that they were not fulfilled. uh, And because physicians... As a group, maybe not so much the younger physicians, but certainly some of the more mature physicians, I think have maybe a limited vision in terms of how they can express themselves as physicians. Um, I didn't always take that as face value when they said, I want, I want coaching on, on how I can leave clinical practice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I used to say, well, I understand. And what I hear is that you are not fulfilled. And, and, I, and I actually developed... A, uh, my, I, I call it my philosophical framework for working with physicians. I developed it way back, you know, 18 years ago, which I think still is relevant today. And I, and I called it the three dimensions of physician fulfillment, the three dimensions of physician fulfillment. And I would ask them to, and I'll even ask you or your audience, you take out a piece mm-hmm. of paper and you draw three interlocking circles. Basically, it's a Venn diagram, right? Yes. Three interlocking circles. And these are the three dimensions of physician professional fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And this is what I used to call actually the, the napkin sketch because I used to have coffee or lunch with these doctors, and they you know, would talk about what's going on in their life, and I'd pull out a napkin, and I said, well, here's kind of my framework for for, for physicians and physician fulfillment. So that first circle, that first circle is what I call core. That is your core values, your core strengths. So these are the, you know, the, core, the core of who you are, who you've always been, who you've been since you're four years old. It's what your mother and father would recognize. That's the core of who you are. Mm-hmm. And then the cir- second circle off to the left are skills. So skills, as you know, we can be learn skills. We can go to school for skills. We can go to medical school for skills. Um, But skills are learned. And and for physicians, as you know, our skills are very deep, but they're narrow. And then the third interlock, third circle of this three-circle Venn diagram, the third circle is what I call your financial wherewithal, your financial wherewithal. So that's kind of like, what's your source of, of, of finances? And so what I had observed with physicians very early on, what I have observed even with myself, which is why I developed this, is that our skills and our financial wherewithal are generally pretty tightly linked. And that is that we are compensated well for our medical skills. And so I used to get a lot of physicians who would feel somewhat guilty asking about coaching because they're saying, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. You know, I make plenty of money. And what I would explain to them is that our skills are still very tightly coupled with our financial wherewithal. That is, um, society still certainly uh, rewards those skills, but our core, that core circle has kind of separated. It has floated up or floated away from this Venn diagram. And so who you are at your core is not really part of this you know, three-circle equation. 
And so when that core is separated or has disconnected from the skills and the financial wherewithal, we will feel uh, bored, we'll feel unfulfilled, dissatisfied, we'll feel like we're lacking in joy. And some people may use the word burnout. And that's why, you know, I said I'm not a big fan of the word burnout because I feel like it's an it's a inadequate and insufficient word to ex- to explain what I think is a really complex phenomenon with physicians. So for me, coaching is all about now, particularly coaching physicians, is about helping them explore their core, their core values, their mm-hmm. core strengths, and how they can engage in their work. Uh, looking at the skills, what skills do they have that might be expandable? What new skills do they need to develop? Maybe communication skills, maybe other uh, time management skills. And then finally, if, if the financial wherewithal is part of the equation, then we would also examine that. So, so this was the, my philosophical framework that I used to uh, and still do talk about with physicians. And, and they, they tend to get it. Like they, under, they understood that. Um, to them, it made sense that there was something missing in what they were doing and that from a coaching perspective, there was certainly an approach to help them re-engage. Exactly. And, you know, in the field of medicine, so many times I see that um, concept of delayed gratification. You know, you're working so hard for so long to meet a large goal and then you may feel dissatisfied once you get there because you're thinking about this for so many years. And then when you get there, maybe you feel a little bit of disenchantment with what mm-hmm. that you're doing and, you know, being able to evaluate what your core values are. If you've never really sat down and thought about that, you know, what, what is within me? What do I have the potential to be? Um, and how do those core values dynamically change throughout your life, your career, um, in your personal life, in your professional life? And how can you take steps to align with core values that you enjoy or that you um, feel like you align with? So, you know, I, I felt like I learned so much um, becoming a certified physician development coach um, through PCI not only about myself, but um, about other physicians and coaching experts who were in my cohort. And, you know, just knowing it, one of the things that really resonated with me about the whole entire course was what keeps physicians up at night. Oh, Mm -hmm. what what about that? What about that? uh, Did you feel was useful for you in developing as a coach? I think just, you know, looking at my career and always um, wanting to plan, wanting to know that, you know, everything is going to go according to plan. And then when you're actually in clinical practice, how much um, emotionally you take on by being a physician and being involved in the most intimate parts of your patients' lives and worrying about that you know, worrying about outcomes, worrying about, you know, if my patient is going to be okay. Um, And, you know, also realizing that there's a lot that I have no control over Mm -hmm. clinical course of a high risk pregnancy. So, you know, um, I 
truly identified what keeps me up at night. And that was worrying about my patients Mm -hmm. and wanting the best outcomes for them, knowing that in all cases, I, I would not be able to provide that for a patient. Yeah. Yeah. And yet you mentioned a very important insight that you gained at some time in your medical career that there is the parts that you can control and you can manage as a physician. And there are other parts that uh, you cannot. And, and a big growth area for a lot of physicians, which, you know, I'm, since I know you a little bit, I know this is that you've gone through this, is that ability to, to let go and, and feel okay that you're not letting go of the patient, you're letting go of those parts that are outside of your control. Exactly. Yes. And aligning with core values that mm-hmm. along with that, or at least striving to, um, really helped. And so, you know, I, I really know that there were such a, I mean, there was such a thing as far as, you know, coaching until mm-hmm. my career and, um, you know, really being able to identify with those core values was something that taught me a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, uh, a lot, I, I would imagine that a lot of physicians have not examined their own personal core values, which is a very easy coaching exercise, as you know, mm-hmm. but it reveals a lot. Uh, you know, we were just talking about, um, you know, you, although you didn't name your core value that helped you get in touch with your growth opportunity as a physician, I'm recalling one of my clients who's one of his core values. And again, core values, there's no right or wrong better or worse. There are not, not a set of core values that are preferable for leaders. But this particular physician, one of his core values and one of his strengths was a builder, builder, entrepreneur, a really big core value. And so during the early years of his practice, when he was building, assembling his team, building out the practice, that was very uh, fulfilling for him. But as soon as he built the practice, which happened very quickly, about two or three years, there was no more building, right? <laughs> and that's when it hit him. I am have a completely full practice. I'm not overworked. I'm, you know, making plenty of money. I've got skills. And again, it came to this uh, component of one of his core values was no longer being honored is the term we use in coaching uh, one of his core values an important one and so part of our coaching was uh, what you know what can this person do what can you do to again engage with this core value does it need to, this core value of building the entrepreneur doesn't need to be in the clinical practice can it be outside of the clinical practice he doesn't need to leave clinical practice. Let's, let's spend some time examining how this one core value can be honored again. Exactly, exactly. So my core values, um, and, you know, through coaching, learning about people in the cohort, learning from you, um, I felt was a strength and a weakness of mine. <laughs> it was nice to recognize that although... I do have empathy in my practice that I don't have to take all of that home with me every day, every night. Um, And so, you know, when you define one of those core values that really aligns with your life, like empathy, um, you know, there are some good things and some things that could be worked on (laughs) as well when, when you identify those. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very, very good point there, um, both for coaches and for physicians, because empathy is a it's almost a, an important ingredient, right, in being, <laughs> being a physician, being a coach. Uh, and empathy, I think all of us have an understanding about what that is. And I suspect that there are a fair number of empaths. I don't know if your audience or you've ever explored the whole idea of empaths. You know, empaths um, take on, you absorb, you absorb the emotions of others. And that's something I think is important for both coaches and for physicians to explore at some time. I, am, I have empathy or, or, and compassion, and I'm also an empath and in an unhealthy way absorbing and retaining the, the suffering of my, my clients or my, my patients, because that's not a healthy thing to do. Yes, and also, you know, being able to not have um, such unmanageable expectations of oneself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we work <laughs> physicians who have very high lofty goals, um, ambitions, and sometimes, you know, they're very hard on themselves and, you know, having an outlet in a way to talk about those things and set goals that are achievable um, and, you know, things that aren't, um, kind of beating themselves up over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sometimes I call that the, uh, the courage to look foolish, <laughs> sound foolish, trip over myself, make a mistake and, and just let it, let it go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing that I have found is that having the authenticity to say, Hey, I have made some mistakes in my career um, my personal life and my professional life. Um, but I'm willing to share that and say, you know, well, maybe it's not a mistake, but, um, you know, let's say that you're going through residency and you fail an exam mm-hmm. or you are, I mean, I'm just kind of giving examples here. You're a first time mother and you don't get any, any sleep and then you just can't perform on the job, you know, in your residency that the next day. Um, or, you know, are there times in your life where you feel, felt like you didn't show up for your job in the way that you could because you didn't get enough sleep? Um, you know, those are all things that you know, other physicians can relate to. And, you know, how can we come together and talk about that and do it in a neutral way, peer to peer and in a confidential way as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and without judgment, mm-hmm. without judgment, can we support that? And I, I, I'd be curious what you think, but I observe that the younger physicians, by younger, I'm talking about the, those who finished training in the last 20 years or so, 15 <laughs> years, mm-hmm. I believe are a lot more transparent and uh, supportive of each other. I mean, you just think of all, all of, you know, with you and other people blogging and, and mm-hmm. um, po- podcasting, you know, about the reality of what it is to be a physician. And, uh, you know, this is, it's not just because we have the technology available. I think there is a, just a huge, I think it's a huge wave of honesty <laughs> that is hitting the medical profession that is being facilitated 
and catalyzed by younger physicians and and by coaches and a lot of younger uh, physicians becoming coaches, a lot of more physicians becoming coaches. So mm-hmm. this willingness and openness about talking about whether it's burnout or just being fatigued, forget about burnout, just being fatigued <laughs> or just mm-hmm. saying, I want, I want a break because I just had a baby, you know, three months ago mm-hmm. or I, uh, you know, th- all of this I think is a pretty new phenomenon uh, when I compare it to physicians who are, mature or what I call that that mid kind of it's kind of a trimodal group the younger physicians much more transparent mature physicians who I think definitely uh, grew up in medicine at a different time when there was a lot more judgment and uh, very you wouldn't hear anybody talking about stress and burnout and then you got this middle middle group who's kind of straddling the two And when you also think about just kind of the history of medicine um, in your time as a coach, have you seen this change just more recently where people are like, you know what, I'm, I am going to talk about this. I'm not going to just sit back. I mean, I think it started with, um, you know, regulation of work hour rules where Mm -hmm. we're going to cut back on these work hours that residents are going through we're going to make this training a little bit more humane um, and, you know, being able to talk about the things that stress physicians out, keep them up at night, um, cause fatigue. And, you know, the WHO has come up, I mean, and it's an, I think it's an ICD 10 code of burnout, professional burnout okay. um, where, you know, people can, you know, just say, I, I think I'm starting to have symptoms of, you know, feeling stressed out and it's caused by my profession, mm-hmm. not be judged for that. Because I think there are so many times where, you know, people will just say, suck it up. Come on, you're a doctor. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think you're, there's definitely in the last, I would say for sure the last five years, there's so mm-hmm. much more that has been written by physicians, not written by blogs, articles, uh, YouTube videos. There's just a lot more that's accessible to other physicians where they can see themselves reflected and say, oh, okay, how I'm feeling about medicine. And I don't mean just the bad parts of medicine. I think that medicine is a wonderful profession. But the scope of it, the range of it <laughs> is, is, all, is all there. Uh, including the the supportive part. Uh, I'd like to think that I had a little bit of something to do with the the number of coaches that we all now have out there uh, who have been coaching physicians for 15 plus years. A lot of, including myself, a lot of us had been writing about topics. I actually uh, always made a point to write. I had a, I had a newsletter for many years called daring doctors (laughs) and the newsletter was really focused on uh, physician uh, potential, you know, tap into your potential. And it was really, really written in a way that I thought was um, about optimism, about possibility, about the spiritual aspects, about being, being a human and being a physician. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that physicians have been, on the one hand, been socialized and younger physicians, but I think there's also been a lot more out there that physicians can you know, do a Google search <laughs> for, uh, you know, something that relates to them. You know, early on, because I started my coaching practice 
before Facebook. Can you imagine that? See how long ago that was? Before Facebook. (laughs) But this was right after Google, right? So Google, I think, started around 1999. I started my practice around 2003. And at Mm -hmm. that time, I knew that physicians were not going to be searching for physician coach, right? But I knew that physicians would probably be searching for something related to them, like physician career fulfillment or physician career or physician... uh, uh, just different topics related to physician career, physician development, mm-hmm. professional development <clears throat> that they that they would stumble onto my my website, which is which they did. But I knew they wouldn't be looking for a coach. They didn't know what that was. Now, a, phys- a physician, if they Google physician plus coach, they'll find any number of resources in their region. Now, Francine, what made you say, you know what, it's time to take that leap and start the Physician Coaching Institute? That was another one of these, uh, the invisible hand of God, just kind of like, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I I never planned any of this. It all happened. I had been coaching for about three, four years. I had a very full practice. I was a very, this is, again, early 2000s. I was a rare bird, a physician doing peer coaching to other physicians. I was the only person I knew who was doing that. And I was attracted actually other coaches, other coaches, not physicians, but coaches who were curious about me, some that I had trained with when I did my coach training, and a few of them who had either coached individuals in healthcare or who were interested in coaching physicians. They also had seen my my, uh, web presence, because at that time I was kind of ahead of the game in terms of just uh, a web presence. and they, so they approached me. So I started a, a, like a little mentor. I called it a mentoring program. I mentored like four people and then I enrolled another four. But I, I had maybe mentored about eight people and they highly encouraged me to start my own coach training programs to work specifically with coaches, coaches who already had some training, but now mm-hmm. wanted to work with physicians. So the first few years of the Physician Coaching Institute uh, was really coaching other coaches or training other coaches on the nuances of coaching physicians mm-hmm. and you know what what makes physicians differently by then i had already developed some specific coaching tools and structures i had taken some of the kind of basic coaching tools and structures i had adopted them adapted them excuse me for for physicians so i had like a whole toolkit ready to go um, and so I, so many, I would say the majority of the individuals who came into the program were, were coaches and, uh, it was, again, it just kind of happened or, or organically. And I really enjoyed, I, I love teaching. I really love coaching, but I love teaching just as much. I love mentoring. And then over the years, as things evolved, then we, then I started seeing more physicians who had either been coached. Or they used to call themselves what I call the accidental coach. <laughs> they had been in a, in a position where people were coming to them and they discovered coaching. So then we started seeing more and more physicians coming into the cohorts. And now it's about uh, half and half. Actually, our most recent cohorts, the majority are physicians, and many of them have discovered coaching. Uh, at least four of them are going to be internal coaches in their health system. So the health systems have also discovered that coaching is a resource that works for physicians, a non-punitive, valuable, effective resource. 
And also, you know, from a financial standpoint, to have physician coaching available for someone who may or may not leave that position with that institution, that could save them a lot of money in the long run to having, you know, either retaining that physician and having more fulfillment in their job after coaching, um, which we have found that can happen with coaching with that recent JAMA study um, Mm -hmm. in 2019, but also, you know, how much money can they stand to lose if they do lose a physician who will move on to work somewhere else? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the their return on the investment in coaching is, is pretty significant. And, you know, and I've known that, although I haven't had the resources to do a study, but I've known that just anecdotally from all of the coaches who are internal to their health system, who have, who have gone through our program, the Certified Physician Development Coach Training that, that you did. Um, and it, you know, and the return on investment is at least in three areas. The first certainly is not losing the physician, just the, uh, the money that it costs to retain and to, or excuse me, to recruit a physician, to recruit somebody new is pretty significant. And then there's the, the physician themselves. If you have a happy physician, you generally have a happy medical team, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so therefore everybody's more collegial, more productive. And then the third is that generally that physician is more, more productive. But, you know, ultimately for, for them, you know, they see a future, they see a future for themselves in the community and the f- a future with that organization. You know, one of our, um, I probably shared the story with you before, but one of our coach grads is from a health system in Maine. And initially they, their, their coach coaching program was strictly around the area of patient experience, you know, patient satisfaction. And so they had a small cadre of coaches who were coaching physicians or around communication, patient communication. And she came into our program because what they observed is that the physicians wanted coaching on a broader set of topics, not just patient communication. And she Mm -hmm. wanted to learn to coach on a broader set of topics. And uh, what what she the story she shares is that not only has their coaching been very successful, they have a backlog of physicians who want coaching, and. Yeah, and they've used coaching as a recruitment tool, that they find that it's an important uh, resource to mention when they recruit physicians to come to that health system. Yes, because who needs support? I mean, physicians, especially in this time, and to know that you're supported um, in more than one way, you know, maybe by administration, but also by a future coach. Mm-hmm. by your staff, by your colleagues. I mean, it's, yeah. wow, yeah. That would definitely be a selling point for me. Oh, yes, yes. Now, Francine, are there any things that you wish that physicians knew about coaching that may be misunderstood or um, not realized? Well, um, First, I should say that in many health systems, I think the word coaching is used in a way that I would disagree with. Uh, coaching is the, co- the term coaching is used in a broad, broad way, and it is sometimes used in a way that's punitive. That sounds punitive, like mm-hmm. how do we how do we compel this physician to get coaching? Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, coaching is voluntary. 
And as you know, the Physician Coaching Institute, we're accredited by the International Coach, Coach Federation. Therefore, we absolutely align with the definition of coaching as described by the International Coach Federation. We align by uh, ethics. And so our definition of coaching is very, is very clear. It's a partnership. It's a partnership with the client in service to their personal and professional growth. And so it is voluntary on the part of the coachee, the, the client, the physician. If somebody is being forced to get coaching, it's definitely not coaching. It's probably training. So that's number one. It is, it is a peer-to-peer, -peer, and I, I mean non-hierarchical, human-to-human interaction. Um, so that, that's the second thing I think it's important for them to know is that it's a joyful journey. <laughs> coaching is a blast. Whenever I have coached, uh, started to coach a physician, my intention for them is that it's going to be a, a transformational experience. And for most of them, it is. You know, my coaching program is six months. Most of them coach for a year or more because they are growing. They're learning a lot about themselves. It is, it is joyful. So if it's not a joyful experience, and this is something that I tell our coaches uh, as well as clients, if it's not a joyful experience for you and the client, it's either not coaching or it's a wrong fit. Mm -hmm. So that's the second point I would uh, say about, about coaching. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the other is that uh, something that you alluded to is that, you know, anecdotally, I know that uh, coaching is a tremendous tremendously effective resource for physicians and there was a recent uh, study out of Mayo that that provided some you know peer-reviewed evidence that it does work in terms of, of well-being um, and so it, it, it works it works and then finally the fourth actually the fourth if I could throw in one one more <laughs> the fourth the fourth point uh, and I know you're a physician and I'm a physician and we're both coaches but one can be a very effective coach for physicians, whether or not you are a physician. So being a physician is not a requirement to be a good coach for physicians. Many of our grads are non-physicians. They're excellent coaches. Most of my coaches have been non-physicians. Non One of the key ingredients in a successful coaching relationship is trust. Can you co-create trust with your physician client? And, and some physicians, just based on how they were trained or how they grew up, you know, some physicians feel like having a, a physician for a coach is what they want because this physician has an understanding of some sort of context. But some physicians actually don't want, specifically do not want another physician as a coach. They feel like they'd rather not, you know, they, they have, for, for whatever reason, they feel like they not, they may not be able to co-create trust. Um, or, or maybe the coach is sending a, a vibe about not being able to co-create trust. So, so that's the fourth point I would make is that both physicians and non-clinicians non make excellent coaches for docs. And that's very great to, to note because I know that we had some excellent non-physicians in our cohort um, who had mm -hmm. lots of experience. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just had a great time learning from them. Yeah, yeah how to coach. And um, I just really appreciated that entire experience. Yes, that's right. And that's what's fun about the, the cohorts in the Physician Coaching Institute, because in, in any particular cohort, and these cohorts are, are small, as you know, eight, you know, somewhere between eight and 10 people. And it's really fun to have the mix of non-physicians and physicians 
because not only are, are you all learning intermediate and advanced level coaching skills, but you're also learning from each other. Uh, so many other aspects of what's happening in healthcare and uh, what other resources and tools are there. You know, it's a f- f- wonderful learning experience. Exactly, exactly. Well, Francine, I thank you so much for coming and being a guest here today on Right Brain Rounds and all of the expertise that you have um, you know, spread throughout the world with training of other coaches and being of service to the medical community in that way. Well, Karina, it's been my pleasure to be here. As you know, uh, the tagline for the Physician Coaching Institute, which is kind of our vision, is catalyzing change and innovation in healthcare. And I feel like my my job right now is to develop more coaches who can be expert facilitators and coaches out in the community. And that's that's my mission. And I'm very uh honored to have the cohorts that we have had over the last you know 10 plus years because they are really uh, doing a fantastic service in their community including you (laughs) thank you so much you're welcome appreciate your time today thank you francine and that wraps up another episode of the right brain rounds podcast with dr karina muller If you would like more resources and information about Dr. Karina Muller, please visit ladydocs.com. I bet y'all have heard it takes a village to raise a child. But you know what else? After raising that child and once that kid has grown up, it takes a community to care for them. Communities are what keeps us sane. They help us heal our trauma. They dance with us when we're winning. Without my online communities, I would have never made it through burnout. And I certainly would have gotten through the shitstorm of this pandemic either. If you too need community, I want to invite you over to my badass Slack group. That's right, I'm not going to be on Facebook, but I do love me some Slack. It's a place where you'll find that you're not the only one. You're not alone. You'll get total validation on what's going on with you. There's a pool of resources. Community is active and rating to welcome you in. We are all helpers who have needs. And sometimes we need to have a community that can surround us, protect us, give us a hug, and lift us up. And that's what the badass Slack community is. So come join me today. Link is in the show notes.